يا نفس إن لم تظفري لا تجزعي ويلا موايد جود مولاك هرعي نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا وإن الله لمع المحسنين You know, ultimately, Iman is not something you learn from books or from the comfort of your home. There's a reason why the the Sahaba radiallahu anhum around Rasulullah had, um, there was the concept of hijra and nusra. There was the concept of migrating for the sake of Allah. And there was the concept of those receiving the Sahaba, supporting them. Yeah, through Nusra. But there was always movement. You can purchase all the Ghazali books, all the Ibn al-Qayyim books uh, that you want. You can read them cover to cover. But you will not learn Iman. You will understand maybe what Iman is. You might be encouraged to build this Iman. But Iman requires an effort. It doesn't come cheap. You have all you need to make an effort on your Iman. But you have to struggle. You have to make an effort. You know, part of this is sitting in a, you know, a type of mudakara where we you know, talk about these things and revive these things. What I shared with you on the group is a summary of a lot of what we discussed it's, it's a nice reference, but is it going to teach you Iman? Well, unless you start moving your tongue, your body, your ears, your eyes, using every single uh, physical part of your body for the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as much as you do this, and in as much as you struggle, because there are things that come your way in life, and there are the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there are times when they go and align and there are times when they don't. You know, your job and my job is to ensure that uh, when, they, when they don't align, that we choose the Amr of Allah over anything else. In as many times as you do this and as much Iman begins to build, it, it's a matter of importance. It's a matter of importance. See, one is always ready to sacrifice anything for his work. You know, many people, you come to your wife and you tell her, your, the wife comes to the husband and says, like, I just got this opportunity overseas, you know, to, they'll, they'll pay us $250,000 a year. They'll take care of our, give us a home, give us a car, give us, give us, give us, give us. And at that point, you know, let's say the husband comes to his wife and gives her that news. She becomes very happy over the news. And he's like, but it's going to require that I leave you for a bit. <laughs> I travel and I, you know, I'm going to have to go to Dubai or to Saudi and for a few months set something up, um, get settled, and then, and then you can follow. Yes, yes, she says, everything, whatever you need to do, get it done. 
know, this is this is this is good. Yes, I'm willing to be patient. Yes, I'll manage the kids where you're gone. Yes, yes, yes. Right? She's willing to put forth all the sacrifices. Possibly even willing to move away from family and move away from her friends. Same goes for him. You know, for the sake of what? For the sake at the end of the day of, you know, the money, the opportunity. And ultimately this opportunity, you know, um, is dead. It could be either good or it could be bad. If the person uses this opportunity to draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there's nothing wrong with it. But if this opportunity is a means to draw away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's a problem. But if the same man comes and tells his wife, you know, I'm going to go study with this, I don't know, uh, mufti, I'm going to learn my deen, and I'm going to go spend maybe a, a few weeks in this one country where this scholar is, you know, like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf often mentions scholars in Mauritania. Like imagine today, you say, I'm, honey, I'm going to go to Mauritania. And it's like one of the poorest neighborhoods ever. There's barely any, uh, things have changed dramatically since Hamza Yusuf. You know, I think he went there recently and just was shocked at what he found. But wherever, you know, just some remote area, I'm just going to go to learn my dean, you know, spend some time with this scholar, maybe maybe memorize the Qur'an, anything that has to do with the effort of deen to draw near to Allah. Then is she ready to put forth the same sacrifices as an example or vice versa, right? All sorts of things, yeah, but the children and their school and this and this and that. A million excuses come up. Why is it so? Because still in our hearts, there's we value very much things of this world. And still the value of deen and the effort of deen is, is, is a very, um, it's an intellectual one. It's theory. It's not something we truly deep inside of us have it sort of grounded in our very being. So it all boils down to this. You know, this verse in the Quran, Surah Al-Duha, that the, the last day is better for you than, than this day. And, and why is it that, you know, we value the things of this world? Because we haven't you know, protected the channels. We said we use our every single body part for the service of our deen, for realizing our slavehood to Allah, right? If your eye sees something and falls on something, and then the information, the news of that thing enters, pours into the channel of the heart. If you're always listening to how, yeah, this person, he got a job and, you know, he's really successful now and look at his cars and look at his house and look at this and look at that. And, and you're constantly in an environment where you're being exposed to this. Eventually, you know, these things start taking effect of your heart. You're impressed by things of this dunya. This person, you know, he graduated this university. MashaAllah. You know, this person, he, you know, he works for, you know, I don't know, Facebook. Oh, subhanAllah, mashallah. You know, he makes this much money. Oh, good, I got to get to know this guy. <laughs> because the value of these things are in the heart. So why are they in the heart? Because we've made an effort on these things. Right? You've sacrificed, uh, you know, students are popping pills to stay up studying all through the night, miss their fajr. And <laughs> You know, and the 
they've drilled, the parents have drilled the importance. They're willing to sacrifice everything so their kids have straight A's and that they get them extra tutors and they want to ensure them the rat race. They've got to do really well in school because if they do well in school, they're getting to a great Ivy League university. If they get into an amazing Ivy League university, they'll build the right networks. They'll know the right people. And through the right networks and the right people in the university, the name of the university, right? They'll be able to get a job anywhere they want. <laughs> and we say it with such conviction. <laughs> we'll have no issue whatsoever finding a job. That person, yeah, he's got it made, man. Why? I don't know. He graduated Stanford. <laughs> If you're new to this room, like when I, you know, negate these things, you know, I'm, I'm, I have nothing against people that go to Ivy League universities or good universities. That's not the point. And I'm, I have nothing wrong with, you know, traveling to Dubai or somewhere for a job opportunity. That's not what we're talking about here. If you think that's what we're talking about, you know, spend more time in these rooms. But, you know... I'm not going to spend too much time explaining myself on those things today. I'm just going to say that, you know, whatever is in this heart, based on what we've seen and what we've, we spend our time looking at and watching. If you're watching the news 24-7, you've got to know the latest and greatest. You're always the first one to push that new piece of news into the channel, right? There's that dopamine hit is, I know something others don't know. And someone shares something, yeah, I've already seen that, I know, I know. There's this a sense of, you know, I got it first. Or I know and you don't know, hence I am better than you. Right? Well, what really makes you better than someone else? Allah says in the Quran, the, the, the meter stick is taqwa, God consciousness. That's what truly makes you better. And God consciousness would keep you from pushing out any piece of news on social media without looking into it. It's, you could be gaining so much sin, you have no, no clue. Just a simple thing you push and you don't check whether it's true or not. Enough a human being lying that he shares everything he hears. What's the difference? everything that comes to you on WhatsApp and you push it to all the groups, knowing very well nowadays that they've probably already seen it anyways. <laughs> no. But like, what are you doing? You're, the, the issue is, is your eyes and your ears and your attention, and they're all focused on, on that. The, there's no time out, you know, to rectify the situation. So the successful ones are the ones that use their bodies, their intellect, their very beings in the service of who? In the service of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does Allah want from these hands? What does Allah want from these legs? What does Allah want from these eyes? What does Allah want from this tongue? What does Allah want from this? What does Allah want from that? Only in this is success. And unless you control your environment, you won't be able to control. Homes nowadays have three or four TVs, a few cell phones. SubhanAllah, like, I, 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 
I'm guilty of the same, right? Like we connect our homes. I remember we just moved to this new city in Ontario and, and like our router tells us how many connected devices there are. I had a heart attack when I saw the amount of devices like between, you know, you know, I have a laptop, my wife has a laptop, you know, there's an older laptop that we sometimes use for the children and, you know, they, they do virtual schooling or they did for some time, right? So every kid has, you know, maybe a Chromebook and maybe there's a few cameras and maybe that thing that, that, that the, the ring thing at the door and, a uh, couple of cameras because we have a baby in the you know in the house and I have a smartphone. My wife has a smartphone, and then there's you know the, the TV and what that's connecting to, or Apple TV and uh, you know Alexa device. And when you add all these up, something like you've got like I don't know, it's like sixteen or twenty devices <laughs> connected. Well, how do we expect to connect to Allah when all these devices are, you know, we're connecting to all these devices, subhanAllah. So you, know, you, you want that, that Wi-Fi signal, that, that connection, you know, that constant connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You've got to connect to Him all the time, not to these things. And in as much as, and that's your business, that's, that's your effort in as much as you aspire to control your senses so that you only see what Allah pleases Allah, you only hear what pleases Allah, you only speak about what things that please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You control your tongue, you control your eyes, you control your ears, you even try make an effort to control your thoughts. Then and only then will you, your heart begin to change. And I say this a lot, like the issue now with the ummah is that we make we take a few steps forward and like 20 back so the, in order for there to be change tawbatan nasuha like this genuine tawbah to just turn back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be like listen like i get it now i'm your slave what do you want and that is not a call to leaving the dunya and i explained this like the, you you can't exit this world like the whole the only way you can complete your deen is by being in this world just not of it right? you have your eye on the prize this is just a you're a traveler you're just passing through you know how foolish would we think of someone who says you know Os Osama I'm gonna visit you in Canada where are you coming from I know Australia oh subhanallah how long you're staying for oh I'm just gonna like three days or so. And he called, I go, okay, great. He goes, can you buy a house for me? <laughs> I go, yeah, sure. Or you know what? Maybe one for me and one for the kids. And buy, buy. My wife may want to do things and I may want to do it. Can you buy two cars for me while I'm, I'll send you the money. Just buy a couple of cars and buy us a couple of houses. But you're only staying here for three days. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> we think the guy's nuts, right? You think they're crazy. And like we know for a fact, this has nothing to do with religion, right? We're going to die. <laughs> like that has to happen. There's no way around that. We're going to go whether we like it or not. You see people coming. And then what's funny is you see some of the even older people. See, the, the thing is that the ruh doesn't age. So whether you're 90 or whether you're, you know, I don't know, 18, 
you feel, this is why a lot of people, when they get older, they'll, they'll still like, they're like, I, I just don't feel like I'm this body. Well, because you're not. It's just your vessel. It's just a, the carrier, so to speak. So you look at yourself in the, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, what's happening here? And then you watch as people, Allah sends you, by the way, Allah sends you warnings when, when your time is near. So what do you mean? I thought only Allah knows the time of death. Yeah, but he sends warnings. What are some warnings? Gray hair. Gray hair is a warning. What else? Well, someone close by, close in the family passes. Maybe a neighbor goes. Maybe you get sick. It's just warning. Just like get ready, prep yourself. And some, it has nothing to do with age. You could be young and become very ill and then maybe get a little better and then go. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prepping you. He's making you get it, understand what's really happening. There's no time. Like, just think about it. Like, I, I think about it this way, right? I'm 43 now. It feels like yesterday I was in my 20s. But I'm 43 and I'm thinking, okay, well, Obviously, we, none of us know we could go at any time, but, you know, for the sake of just play along here with me, like assuming, assuming um, that wasn't an issue. And I'm going to think, okay, well, what's the average lifespan? The Prophet said 60 to 70. My ummah, the average lifespan is 60 to 70 years. Well, so, you know, I've already done about 43 I'm going to say like I got really lucky and maybe I'm going to see, I don't know, 85. So I've completed 50%. And what have I accomplished and where am I today and what's left? And it sort of creates a sense of urgency. Like we should be remembering death like minimum 25 times a day. That, that's a depressing life. No, not, not really because... If you get your act, your act in order, like you just start taking things into, start taking things seriously, and you know you're moving towards Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, then you know you you begin looking forward to it because see the thing is when you make your ultimate purpose the hereafter, leaving this behind is not a big deal. But when you're so heavy here with your like homes and accomplishments and cars and degrees and extended family and this and this and that, all these attachments, then it's like, I don't want to leave all this behind. But someone that's truly made akhirah their abode, you know, they don't overspend. They're not like, I don't have to have every single new gadget out there. I, I, I don't have to, you know, carry, have three Louis Vuitton purses and a couple of Gucci ones and like buy one or something if Allah is giving you and to display the blessings of Allah. Have one. Do you really need three? Right? So less and less of this like extravagance in spending and because you get caught up in the consumer cycle of, you know, I have spend too much money, now I have debt, now I have to pay off the debt, so I need a couple of jobs, and now I, had to, I barely have time for my children, barely have time for my wife, barely have time for my husband, barely have time 
for anything. Why? Because I'm working two jobs and I'm studying. And I'm expected to care for my children. Like someone cut me some slack. I can't, you know, how are you going to have focus in your prayer? So the thing is, some sort of zuhd in this dunya, at least to the level where like, look, if Allah sends it your way, alhamdulillah, but you're not losing sleep over, you know, that big mansion or that. Some of the, the, the sheikh I met when I was in Mecca, uh, Mawlana Farooq, I remember visiting his house and uh, one of my friends told me about him. He's like, you got to go visit this saint in our times. Like he's like a hidden saint. I went and visited him. He brought me into his house. I, I didn't find a single frame hung up on the wall, all white walls, zero furniture, not a single piece of furniture. You know, he sat on the floor and had me sit on the floor and he bought, he brought something to, just like a, um, you know, a kitchen sort of like the th dining table cover type thing, put it on the floor and then went and got a couple of things from inside, like dates and like tea or something. Just I looked around me, it was like empty, nothing. But there was so much nod and so much comfort in this man. He was so happy. And you look at people with all these toys and bells and whistles and they're miserable because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put comfort in those things. Comfort ultimately, success ultimately is what is in or following the commands of Allah on the way shown by Prophet Muhammad with God consciousness, while conscious of the virtues for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while struggling against the ego to fulfill these. And this is this is success in every moment you're being tested. If you know the command of Allah and if you do, to perform it in a beautiful way on the way shown to you by Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu with sincerity, while conscious of the virtues, having conviction that in this act is your full success and you have everything you need to be happy like now. And if you're not, you're doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. You know, this concept of I pray five times a day and then I hang out with my friends and talk nonsense and backbite and tell them, you're, you're going to keep going round and round and round in circles. Those that want to soar and fly, you know, they pick their company wisely, watch their tongue, watch their eyes, watch their ears, fill their day and night with remembrance of Allah. Yeah. And plan your day in that way, right? Plan your day in that way. Everything becomes a function of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you will not learn Iman by purchasing all the books of all the saints and, you know, Sahih Bukhari and this and that. No, that's not how you learn Iman. You have to first repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to call people towards Iman. You have to negate and affirm. You have to ask Allah to help you attain it. You have to struggle against your nafs. And every time the command of Allah comes, this is why it's, it's, it's very helpful to set a time. Like in that manual, user manual, I say, yeah, you can follow whatever you can from it. It's not like a Bible or like a, any sort of, it's just a humble effort to kind of like bring a few points together. It's your call, but, and, if you feel like certain things could be improved, by all means improve it. But start somewhere. And when you set a time for your Quran reading, and then something comes up, 
and you drop the Quran reading for that thing, you've voted at that point, right? Kind of said, this is more important. And again, I'm not talking about emergencies or something really different. I'm talking about the typical, you know, I, Allah wants to see, like, uh, do, do you choose him or do you choose other than him? Are you excited to read your Quran or is it like just routine for you? Like you have the words of Allah. Can just try to fathom that for a moment. Like God talking to you. Like how could we even read anything else, subhanAllah? But then the nur of the Quran only enters when certain when you practice certain like the Quran, subhanAllah, like reads very differently to me now, for example, than when I was spending time in da'wah and the effort of da'wah. I would pick up the Quran and open it and just when I left my home and I, I went to India and Pakistan and spent some time there, I remember like everything tasted different, looked different, felt different. Why? Not because in any way I'm special, but some sacrifice was put forth to go where I went to, right? So what I learned there and what I saw there and what I tasted and what I experienced is based on that sacrifice. If you sacrifice something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Typically, it's usually around either your time or your wealth. You're spending your own money, you're spending your own time to draw nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He's going let, to let you down? No way. So make this intention that, you know, Ya Allah, teach me this, this the true Iman. Teach it to me. You know, give me the taste of it. Make it firm in my heart. Because it's the solution of all problems. It's the foundation of everything. When you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's the one doer. You know, he's the one running the show and everything goes back to Him. Khalas, done. At that point, why would you turn to anyone else? So that's the basis. But everything in that manual, go through it. You know, you can't worship Allah without knowledge. You need to light up the, you need the path prophetic knowledge, you need the light, dhikr and remembrance. It's like, it's like the path, but it's dark and you can't see and your dhikr is your light. That's how some scholars give the analogy. And then like some sort of, you know, service to humble oneself and, and be there for others. Like it, it becomes like doing the dishes becomes very different. Like when your wife, men out there listening, when your wife says, can you please help me out and do the dishes? It comes from a very different place. You're like, oh, not the dishes again. Versus like, oh my God, the best of you are those most beneficial to others, the Prophet says. Rasulullah was in khidmah of his family when he was at home. And then you're aware of these virtues. And then you do it, but you're not doing it for the spouse. And you're not, you're not dealing with human beings. You're not dealing with creation anymore. You're always de dealing with the creator. It may seem like you're dealing with people, but you're not. Your your kindness to someone is is just you tr drawing nearer to Allah, wanting to please Allah. May Allah be pleased with me right now. And then do, doing the dishes becomes a, a, such a powerful meditation, so to speak, because you're present. You have this you know intention for Allah, and you're doing it for the right reason, and you're helping out, and it tames tames the ego, and so it becomes extremely beneficial. But this concept of you know, you're just bossing people around, get me this, pick this up for me, grab me this, grab me that, especially if you're young. Mm -hmm.
get in that men get in that practice take this spiritual exercise stop asking your wife for anything in the house do it yourself that's a very strong spiritual practice can you please get me a cup of water can you please make me a cup of tea if you're that typical arab man try something different <laughs> your wife's not your nanny i learned that the hard way <laughs> So it really humbles you and it puts things in perspective. Doesn't make you less when you help your wife out at home. It's a problem. There's this complex of like, even those that don't say it deep inside, they feel it like, and there, there's no, there's none of this of Rasulullah I'm like, it's all cultural, you know? So it's like one team together, like help each other out and service through the children, like change their diapers. I don't change diapers. Well, tough. They're in it learn clean cleaning some kaka is good for your nafs it's good for your ego put their bum bum when their baby is on that sink and with your left hand get deep in there and clean the crap and remind you of your essence everything you eat eventually comes out in that form you're not so hot after all you're not so tough after all humble yourself uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to practice and to convey, inshallah. <laughs> مطمعي <تصفيق>